and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We are back for another wonderful episode. I want to shout out to all of our viewers, all of our listeners. If you have been checking out our recent episodes or any of our episodes in in weeks prior or years prior, right? Because last year we had a really successful year as far as consistency and putting out quality thought-provoking interviews. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. I have another really dope interview tonight. Uh, it's, it's a really dope panel. You know, I don't really get a chance to say panel on my shows much, but I'm excited to have a number of um, really insightful MCs and a producer as well, and just a collective of a, a new project that I'm really um, enjoying at the time. So um, we're going to have, you know, our guests joining us shortly. But before I do that, I just want to um, shout out a couple things about Out the Box. Remember, you can go to our website, which is outtheboxmedia.com, and just Get acquainted with all the other stuff that we got going on. Maybe you want to catch up on some of our previous episodes. They're all listed on the website. And we also have our merch store, which is uh, outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com, where you can find merch like this snapback hat that I have on, this sweater that I have on, and a number of other things that, you know, you can kind of rock your out-the-box gear if you, if you resonate and you feel what we're doing in this movement. Um, and also, if you want to donate to Out the Box, right, we have our PayPal uh, link, the paypal.me slash Out the Box Media. And we also have our cash app, which is the cash tag Out the Box Rep. Now, I can't forget because we are also streaming on, um, you know, uh, the audio platforms, right? And um, so we have our audio podcast which can be found on platforms like Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, right? So if you're watching this episode on YouTube, that's awesome, right? We're glad that you're here, but if you want to hear the high quality audio, you can also jump to our Spotify, Apple Podcasts or anchor.fm. You know, generally where you would catch audio podcasts and just search for Out the Box Talks. A lot of this is also on the website as well. And uh, last but not least, I want to shout out my Patreon page. So uh, we have a patreon.com slash out the box media page where you can uh, get access to exclusive interview clips that have never been heard before only for the Patreon subscribers and those who go above and beyond to support out the box. All right. So I just want to get that out of the way. Uh, and, uh, you know, prepare for our guests that we have joining us today for this show. So without further ado, I want to talk to you all about the artists that we have on the show today. Uh, they are uh, a list of seasoned MCs, right, uh, that represent the New York area. And we also have a producer that's representing the uh, San Francisco area, right? They have a new project out entitled Moses Herman Jacobs. And it is put out by Dupo Studios. We also have the brother who is responsible for Dupo Studios, Mr. Jock, uh, joining us as well today. So we're going to really talk about this project. It, you know, the themes of it, 
the concept and just their overall commitment to this really well put together hip hop project. And we're going to jump into it. So I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening audience, the seasoned New York City MCs, Brother Mikhail Amin, Sir Tumez, Long Division, and also from San Francisco, producer and DJ, Brian Oblivion, as well as Jacques of Dupo Studios. I want to welcome each and every one of you to Out the Box. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are y'all? So we got a lot of people in the room. Feel free to just, you know, unmute your mic one by one and just introduce yourself. Tell the people how you doing. What's up? I'm all right. I'm chilling. (laughs) Shout out. Yep. That's good. Doing good over here. Chilling. Indeed. Indeed. Good to see all these faces. I haven't seen these guys in a while. Wonderful, wonderful. We got a big room today. This is, uh, I don't think I've ever done this without the box, right? Um, so this is always, we're always breaking ground here. So I'm happy to have y'all, each of y'all here. So like I said, I want to talk about this particular project that's out right now. And uh, I think it's really dope that we have Jacques in the room because I think it's fitting that he kind of gives us a glimpse of of Moses Herman Jacobs, right? In my understanding, you know, uh, the project was started years ago by you, Jacques Dupont, and given life by everyone involved. Can you um, start by uh, telling us about Dupont, the design studio, and the the way that this project came together and your initial vision for it? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So like, um, yeah, uh, I'm a designer by trade. Um, and so I had a small, tiny design studio called Dupo, right? Um, D-U-P-O. Um, and, you know, one of the goals of the design studio was like, one, you know, I'm a black designer. Um, there's like maybe 2% of us in that field. Um, and so this is going to be like one of the very few black studios, uh, black owned studios. So I was really happy about that. And the space was really about, or the design space is about even trying to get other people other black designers, um, um, tech people, uh, um, programmers into the space because we're, we're, we're really just not represented well in that tech space. And so the studio had this idea about um, um, just, you know, trying to get people more into the field um, by giving them real projects, um, like very real projects, not just, uh, you know, um, fake shit, um, but real projects that they can work on and then they can use to either boost their careers or get um, you know um, just jobs in, in 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 the profession later on. Um, so that was like to start the studio. And early on within the studio, one of the ideas I came up with was just you know I also wanted to do music, right? So and 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 so I had this idea about you know what it would be really cool if I could just do a music project. I'm not an MC. I dabble a very little in it, um, but. You know, I have these people that I know who like do like amazing shit, um, and I want to get them. It'd be cool if I could somehow get them in a in a room together and work on this project. So that was the start of it, like really just about getting people who I feel who are really you know have the who show the same value with me, like politically, um, but also like show the same value 
around just uh, the craft, right? Even though I'm not an MC, um, you know, I'm a designer, and I do have uh, extra feelings about like just being good at your craft and, and always getting better. And these people, um, you know, I, I've seen their work. I have, uh, you know, I've worked with Dan personally. Um, we had a project together in the past, but I also know him. And too much I've seen his work. The dude's like a Renaissance man. Um, Professor um, Brian Oblivion. You know, I, I've designed some of his uh, his work, but I know him as a friend. But just hearing his albums, I knew how 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 dedicated he is to the craft. And Macau, like the first time I met him, I was always blown away by him just because he was just an ill freestyler. Just on that alone, like I remember him just battling. We used to have a radio show, um, Dan and, and myself, Long Division, and he came to the show and he just started battling kids on the street. Um, and so it was just, I was like, this dude is nice, one. And he's just like battling, just trying to kill people regardless of where he is. I forgot. Um, so I felt like, you know, if we get these people in a room together or just in a project together, I think it, it, it'd be amazing because all of them are great MCs, they're great people. And like lyrically, they, 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 they know how to write and they know how to hold, um, you know, they, they, they just know how to shape um, songs really well. And getting them with Brian, like who, who's a great um, producer and, and really has a, you know, his past work, um, which, you know, I love a lot. It, he knows how to hold uh, things together pretty well and have like something that's sort of, you know, because he's a DJ and because he's a, he's a producer, but he knows how to make things like have a great beginning and have a great end and have like a really smooth, like, um, um, I guess like flow. Um, so I really appreciated about, about his work. So yeah, I just felt like get him in a room together. Let's see what happens. Give him a, a sort of box to work within and then, you know, as creative people, you have parameters and you can work within those parameters and you can create something um, ill. And that was that was pretty much the start of it. A lot of it's just them doing what they do, right? And just, that's it. Mm. How difficult was it to just get all of them to commit to this project and, you know, produce it in, in into what we see today? That's a good question for all of them to answer. Um, for me, it was just really my, my role after getting them into in, in, to, to agree to a project was just to sort of project manage. Like, all right, hey guys, let's meet every you know, have a cadence about when we're meeting, making sure we're we're trying to talk to each other and, and figure out like what it what exactly is, what exactly is this um, project um, going to be, um, and that's that's really it. Like, really just loose. Super loose guidelines, I'd say, at the very beginning. Just really, just about getting them in the room together. And then once we all decided what what it was, and then maybe you know it'd be good to hear what they, what, what they think too. Um, but once we decided what it was, it was just uh, a matter of just you know slowly piecing it together and just sort of like staying on task with it. Um, which uh, you know eventually my role was just really project managers, making sure like we were just hitting um, I guess our deadlines if there were real deadlines. <laughs> but because it was a long project at the end, um, but um, that was that was pretty much it. I, I think they could probably answer better. Like uh, uh, they probably have better answers to that question than, than than myself, though. Got it, got it, got it. So, um, what I want to ask y'all is like, can y'all kind of like share, like, like what I actually want to do is go around the room, right, and give each artist an opportunity to, you know, just share um, a little bit about yourself, right, and what your unique contribution is to this project. So I guess we could start with M. Tumis, as I see him up uh, at the top. You could unmute your mic and 
for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, M. Tume, uh, also known as Sir Tombs, T U M E S. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, historically, me, I'm a, I'm, I'm from from New York City. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of things, but yeah, I've been an MC for a very long time, and and uh, actually, at that moment, I wasn't living in New York when this project came to me. That's like, a, I'm, I'm gonna bring that into the back end, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I'm an MC, uh, producer myself as well. And, um, you know, came up sort of as an actor and a whole lot of other stuff. I have a long resume with that different type of things. But, um, this project was interesting because I, I had came off of like living a couple of years actually in Spain. I was living in Spain and I was, and I, I, I had been traveling. I was a complete transient at the moment. I hadn't lived in New York for a few years and I was living in Europe and uh, performing, working with a band that I worked with. And I had like wrote like three or four albums in like the, the, the span of like a year and a half, maybe even like a year. Um, and this project came, you know, I, I, I can't remember the genesis of it. I think I'm hoping that Macal or Brian or someone will have a better kind of brain when it comes to actual dates and things because like i can't especially because that was a, that was a really crazy time for me i actually lived in like four places in the span of the time right before i wrote it which i think influenced the writing of it and i'll get to that in a second um but yeah so i had written all these things and i had came back to the u.s after a stint in jamaica for a minute um and then i was in uh, New York, I wanted to leave there. I wasn't really feeling the vibe. So I actually was living in Los Angeles. And when I wrote this whole project, I was actually living in LA. I had just got to LA, actually, I think. I had been in LA like maybe a week or two when it when it when it when it when we had decided to start writing or I got the beats. Because I and I remember that only because I remember walking in Sherman Oaks um area writing I, I have a, i have a habit i like to i like to write and move i don't i'm not a, i can't sit down and write i grab like my phone or my book and i write on i write traveling and moving around so actually, I, I have a vivid memory with with the the nostalgia track walking around sherman oaks um writing there um yeah and that's kind of what i remember ab about it it's like it's it was a blur and then i recorded these demos in LA. And then when we moved back to New York, or I, or I remember when I was back, well, when I moved back to New York, or or when I came back to visit, we, we, we actually re recorded the stuff, but it was done remotely, which is interesting, you know, like it was, you know, not done in the same um, room, you know, it's so, it's so, it's so interesting, because we were doing remote before remote <laughs> was like the main thing, you know, um, and as far as my contribution, yeah, I, I wrote these three joints, you know, Brian laced us with great beats that I know he tailored to each person. And, you know, it was just a really, and I, I, what I said about my traveling influenced it because I ended up writing, I know, I, I don't know if I realized it in the moment, but I ended up writing about this person who has this weird relationship with home mm -hmm. and things like that, which I'm sure I was in my emotional uh, self and I was like channeling it into a character that wasn't me. That's very different, different from me. 
And it was also interesting because um, when this project kind of came to us, it was definitely a storytelling project. And that was something that I actually wanted to do. So I was like, yo, I would actually like to do a, do something where I was writing a full on stories or narrative or creating a, a, a persona that's not me and rapping is that that was something that I was really interested in. So, yeah, I kind of danced around and went to a lot of different places. But, yeah, that's pretty much the gist on, on my end. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I guess we could go to Long Division next. Just give us like a brief explanation on how um, you uniquely contributed to this project. Sure. Um, well, uh, Jacques alluded to the fact that we um, we had a radio show for a number of years and, and I've known him for even longer. I think we met in the New York Poets Cafe, which he mentioned to me. Um, pretty recently, uh, which I had forgotten about. But, um, but yeah, we did numerous projects together. I always respected Jacques as a designer. Uh, Jacques is also a very good DJ, which he didn't mention. But, um, you know, I remember hanging out at his house and checking out new vinyl and stuff in, in the like late 90s. Um, but Jacques came to me with the idea. And initially, I was kind of like, I didn't really know if I had what it took to contribute to it. I felt a little bit like kind of skeptical of like my own ability to contribute um to be quite honest uh, i've known mccall and tombs for a long time just you know in the scene i used to play there was one core rhythm record i used to play on my sh um, during my sets on uh, east village radio all the time um i remember you remember when mccall was battling people in the street i remember when he made a reference to um sonny carson which is i don't know it's it's a, a film of kind of like a cult classic from the 70s um that i was kind of blown away by because i'd never really heard someone just pulled that out of uh, somewhere. Uh, we discussed it afterwards, but um, so yeah, I always had a lot of respect for these guys. And, um, you know, once we started working together, we were basically, none of us were ever, literally ever in a room together. So we were kind of just like, uh, Tomb said, like dancing around it a little bit. Like we never were like, okay, we're just gonna make this project about such and such a thing. We're gonna do something about gentrification. Let's write our gentrification rhymes. Like it wasn't like that which I think actually ended up making it better because it was a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, and things kind of fell into place without us necessarily, I just noticed certain patterns that emerged on the album that, that we didn't really even discuss beforehand, but that just kind of like developed on their own. Um, so yeah, I don't think we were all in a room until we recorded it. So, which was also kind of interesting. Like we, we'd all met in person before, but I don't think we were all in a room until we actually like laid everything down. Like we, we shared the um, we shared the lyrics and stuff. What was that platform we were using? Like, like bass Google jump hangout. Uh, hangout. No, there was some like bass jump or some one. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were using that back and forth, but we then when we finally got together, it was crazy. We we're like, oh wow, shit. We actually we're about to record this thing, and um, yeah, it's just been a great ride all the way. So I, I was just I didn't really even hear it all the way through until the other day. And I was just really, really blown away by, by what everybody else contributed to. So um, that's all I have to say, really, for now. Awesome, awesome. Go ahead, Mikhail. Um, share share your, your thoughts on how you got involved. We're all going to have to collectively get our... our... Our, our our memories because I don't I don't remember battling a whole bunch of people on the street but I definitely remember freestyling that's what's up if I beat him that's cool um yeah, McCallumine uh Brooklyn resident for the last twenty years um MC educator and uh, you know honestly it, it's pretty amazing because yeah everybody's kind of alluded I've known I've known Tombs almost 20 years at this point, Jock and, and, and Long Division the same. Tombs and I have recorded 
numerous things together on each other's projects. We actually had a, a, a small group for a minute um, together, worked together. Actually, the, the only person that was really new to me was, was Brian. Um, and I know that Brian and Jacques had a longstanding relationship. So, you know, kind of to what Long Division was saying, um, you know, I, I really just came prepared to do the rhymes. I knew who I was working with. Um, I have a lot of respect um, personally, politically, creatively for everybody that's on the project. So it was, to be honest with you, even though we weren't in the same space, I mean, it was pretty much like it is now. You know, we were on our, on, on screen. I was in Brooklyn, you know, like in two minutes, he was all over the place. He was L.A., you know, Spain. Brian was in the Bay. I, I want to say Jacques was in Brooklyn at the time, but I think you were transitioning between Brooklyn and L.A. So everybody was pretty much moving around. Long Division was in Jersey. But um, I think the relationships that we had had outside and beyond that made it really fluid. Because, yeah, like Long Division said, I mean, what I remember of those sessions when we were on the Google Hangout kind of conceptualizing things, we kind of were just, which, which is sort of what you do when you're in the studio with people. You hang out. And I felt like we were just kind of like catching up on life. And Brian would come in, play some stuff. And we'd all joke around and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I was really just trying to do is, is you know, do service and, 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 and do right by the records that Brian was giving us because the beats were dope. It's really easy to make something dope when the music's dope. And, you know, he was just bringing stuff, stuff in and listening. And you could tell, like, we would we would sit down. Jock would kind of get us in the Google Hangout meeting. It was like 2016. I actually just checked my, my Google to, to see some of the, the Hangout invites. It was like spring of 2016, maybe a little earlier. And we were just kicking it. And then, like, you know, maybe a session later or a session two later, Brian, like, oh, so check out these beats. We're like, yep. And I know for me, I'm kind of similar to Tombs. I think I wrote a bunch of them or drafts of things when I was just on the subway. I tend to do that long subway rides. I was just, yeah, same thing, get a, get my notebook out or something. Um, and it honestly just wrote itself. So, you know, similar to what, what, what Tombs was, I, I kind of wanted to just create a persona and sort of show the, the rise and fall of someone kind of like leaving home and coming back sort of defeated. But it was also sort of this kind of like, metaphor allegory about the city itself because I had actually hadn't left the city and I know you know Mzumi and I used to have a lot of conversations about the changes in the city you know he's a native New Yorker I'd been here for a while I'm originally from Jersey but I've been here at that point for like 15 years so I'd seen a lot of transitions right. um, in it so I kind of wanted to with with my song sort of like use a person's transitions but it also was kind of doubling it kind of like seeing the city being on top and then sort of like falling into decay and ruin and that was not something that we really discussed out and out in these sessions we would, we would Michelle, explain i'm sorry to with, um interject man your 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 um internet is going very very choppy so oh, hold that okay. thought because i i okay. can we can come back to you uh maybe you might want to try to you know go back out and come back in um but hold that thought well let's let's actually just go to brian quick and then we'll bring you back brian go ahead man talk about your introduction to the to the project oh yeah what's up um yeah so professor brian oblivion um been uh making beats for since i was a little 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 kid pretty much um just kind of came up with that on my own, um, teaching myself, um, didn't really have a crew or anything. So I just kind of figuring stuff out on my own. Um, like, um, and, 
you know, as far as my history with music up to this point with this project, I was doing mostly instrumental stuff, uh, putting out beat, beat, a beat tape. I kind of categorize as a beat tape album. And then I did one. My first album was a little bit more of a, like a collage piece, um, a little more intensive with some turntablism. And I had collaborated with, uh, I'd known Jacques for a while. So um, I actually uh, hit him up and asked him to, to collaborate on some artwork for those projects. So that's how um, we started working together as far as music and art, collaborating. Um, so after doing, you know, those those two projects together, um, then, you know, Jacques came to me. He, uh, he said he, he had an idea for an album. You know, he, he wanted to bring an album together, sort of. He, he wanted to have a, an album project that he could design around for Dupo Studios. Um, and he already had the idea for the players involved. And he wanted me to produce it. Um, and so that's how I, I came into it with all these guys. And I hadn't, um, I don't think I'd met anybody. I, I might've met Dan at like a, you know, a personal gather like Jacques wedding or something. <laughs> I might've met, I, I don't know if I met Macau or Tume at that point, but, um, but yeah, so we, we, you know, and I was on the West coast and these guys are on the East coast. Um, so I guess, yeah, Tume was in LA for part of the time, but either way, we're all kind of separated. So we, we came together online um, mm. for these hangouts and Dope. Um, it, it was cool. Like we, you know, just my recollection of kind of how the, the project came together and like my contributions. I remember just discussing roughly like kind of what we all wanted to do as far as a theme or if we wanted to have a theme. And I think early on there was interest like, I think to me and Macau both mentioned wanting to come from like a character perspective. So that was like really all, I think that's all we had initially. And um, <clears throat> from what I recall, uh, we wanted some storytelling in there. And uh, I was studying these guys works, um, all their, their solo work mm. and their prior, prior music and, and then going through some of my stuff and always making beats, you know, anyways. So working on stuff and thinking about, about, you know, with these MCs in mind. And so it came up with, you know, a cache of, of stuff to share. And uh, I uh, I sent sent out tracks to all three of these guys, um, kind of based on what I thought would sound good, you know, for them. And also keeping in mind, all this is going together on an album. So trying to keep those two things in mind. Um, you know, there's always a selection, and pro a selection process. Um, you get some, some tossbacks, and then some some that are like yeah, <laughs> so there was a little bit of back and forth with that getting getting the right beats to these guys to want for them to want to write to, um, and uh, and then we just kind of went from there and like I think we started set from as far as Jacques' role like project managing at that point like I remember him setting deadlines and he was kind of like let's get the first song like he just kept us on track you know kept the meetings going nice made sure we met and kept discussing the project as we were all working on it individually. And um, which was cool because we, none of, we were never all together working together, but it kept the project cohesive in that way. And then we would share like after the first song, you know, everyone had to get one song done and then we would all share it and we'd all hear each other's stuff. And then that would start to influence what each, each MC would want to write, you know, moving forward. And even I think some beats changed up like, oh, actually, let me, you know, get this other one. Um, and uh, so I think. Yeah, something about the process was was really uh, influenced 
um, how it all came together because even though we weren't on the room together, like we were constantly talking and collaborating. And it's kind of interesting because like there's no, it's like a group album really, but it's not, there's no like group track. Like there's all solo tracks. So, I was going to talk um, about yeah. that, 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 um, yeah. hold that thought. Cause I, I definitely want to talk about that as we go through the interview. Um, let's, um, let's jump back to Mikhail so he could finish his thought, but that was, that was really, that was really great. I, I that, that input was great, Brian. Uh, Mikhail, go ahead, finish your thought, man. Oh, no, I appreciate that. All, all I just was just going to simply say is, is that, yeah, like, you know, really kind of Brian kind of finished it up for me. Just, it was such a collaborative process and the irony that we weren't physically in the same, same space, but the, it the energy was just so fluid. Um, just because of the relationships and and Jacques really kind of keeping us on on process and then you know Brian's music's dope Long Division is dope lyrically and Tume is a beast lyrically um, so yeah there, I, it's funny that Brian's story even just made me realize like, like yeah there was there was very much like okay once that first sort of batch came in it was definitely kind of like pushing where we were going. But what I remember even in that, there wasn't, there still wasn't like a like, okay, so now that we've done, you know, track so-and-so, what are you going to write about? It was still very much a, an organic, like, okay, I'm, I'm kicking it with the fellas at this night and I'm going to find out what's going on. Cause I'm too amazed, like doing teaching artist work. at some playground with these little kids. And yeah, I, I think Brian, you were about to get married or you were in the process of like, you were engaged or yeah. So like we were talking about your wedding and, long division and just become a dad and like it was it was very much like okay we kicking it kicking it kicking it and then you know brian had a beat or you know somebody would have something to say like, oh you know what all right we're going to talk about this and it, it just all kind of like came together so yeah it was just it was just a very dope dope process dope process and, and very fun dope 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 so let's um let's talk about the uh the actual album title the Bandcamp description says that Moses Herman Jacobs is named after some of the central figures who helped shape New York City and San Francisco into what it resembles today. Can you talk more about who those figures are and their exact roles in helping to shape these two cities in what we resemble today? I have to say, I'm not really familiar with those figures, right? Um, but it was really interesting that it was connected to the album. Maybe Jacques or someone else can kind of speak on this? Uh, I, I can start um, and then anyone else can feel free to jump in. Um, but yeah, the, the, the name came about um, really, you know, I think we're all saying like, there wasn't a, a real idea around like, hey, this is what this album is going to be about. But after like hearing everyone's tracks, like, you know, the, these themes kept coming up. Um, about the city and our relationship to it, or these MCs' relationships uh, to, to, to that city. Um, and so originally, I think the, the, the working title that we had going was Three by Three, and that was the project's name for, for a really long time. Um, and even for a while, we said, like, oh, maybe we'll just call it Three by Three. Um, but just like after hearing all the tracks and like really, you know, just taking some time to really think about it, um, the idea was. Um, you know, sort of came up with a three by three theme. Um, so um, Robert Moses, who's a urban planner who, who, who worked for New York City, right? Um, and he, the, if you see the album cover, the album cover is of the uh, um, Cross Bronx Expressway, 
think I hope I'm getting the, the name right, the highway. Um, but that, that's a famous project that Robert Moses created that pretty much split up the blocks, right? And created like, this, this division within the, the blocks. So you had, and so we keep me honest on this, but like, I think one side is like the rich side and one side is like the poor side. But, but eventually what it did was like, it created this division within the na- this neighborhood. And he was really, he just, um, this is what he did. Like he went into neighborhoods and just completely changed them and disrupted them completely. And usually try to serve like, you know, um, his uh, rich overlords um, and try to really just uh, shit on, uh, I guess, poor city folks. That's usually the, the, the gist of it. Um, um, the other dude, Justin Herman, he he had the same sort of, um, not the same exact role, but the same sort of, well, not the same exact title, but the same sort of role in, in the Bay Area. Um, and I think in LA too. Um, Brian could probably explain that better than I can. Um, yeah, um, but he, you know, he, his, um, there's a Justin Herman Plaza in, in San Francisco that I think it, they changed the name, but he, he pretty much had the same role where he sort of destroyed, well, I'm trying to be subjective uh, about it, um, but he pretty much destroyed um, a lot of what we know as uh, uh, that area, um, at least a good part, so, you know, I guess for city folks who, who come from there um, know it as. And this is all from like the, you know, I guess 70s, 60s uh, era. Uh, and Jane Jacobs was um, the person who was like most popular for fighting against um, Robert Moses, um, and sort of um, really, you know, I think the biggest project um, that she pushed back, or at least um, what she's pretty much known for. You know, maybe I'm getting the details um, slightly off here, um, but um, at one point, um, Robert Moses was thinking about like just trucking and making a whole like highway that goes right through like the East Village. Uh, um, East Village, and you know there was a pushback against that, and she's probably that's what she's probably best known for. So the 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 you know so the idea was like these are three people that are central to creating or having this um, or shaping the city in some way, um, at least the, more, the the most popular people are, are around that idea, um, and sort of fitting that within the same sort of same thing with the album where everything's you know it's it's three MCs, three beats, um, or three beats for each MC. Um, so just trying to continue that theme, but yeah, the, these people had like a really central way of just um, really changing the city landscape and just trying to be cognizant of that in, in some way and, and sort of bringing that back into the album, but not in a heavy handed way, um, but just making sure like, hey, like this is just sort of what this album, just getting like sort of like a, a nudge that this is what this album sort of feels like in, in, in some way. Wonderful, wonderful. So in speaking of uh, Jane Jacobs, the description also talks about her seminal book, uh, The Death and Life of Great American Cities, and her vision for a city created for everybody, which instead has become one in which economic inequality and gentrification have forced us to confront the idea of home. Can you talk about how the music on the album tackles this conversation on confronting the idea of home as it relates to the challenges we see today? And anyone can go based on the question. One thing that came up a lot in um, those sessions that we talked about where we were all kind of like collaborating, interacting, you know, you know, via the computer, um, we kept talking about like this idea of homecoming or it kept coming up. Um, And, um, I guess, like I said, like a lot of the ideas, like we didn't set out to say, like, I mean, Jacques mentioned how we have, you know, 
somewhat similar political alignment, but um, we didn't set out to like make some kind of like message album. Like this is what we're going to do. You know, like, like Jacques said, like Moses Herman Jacobs, the title was come up with, you know, after the fact. So, um, so I think a lot of stuff just kind of fell into place in, in terms of that theme emerging. Um, and, you know, we sort of shared a little bit about our characters that we were developing as we were writing it. Um, but, you know, our characters aren't necessarily like, like one thing that we never really agreed upon is um, that uh, we don't refer to ourselves by name. Like none of the characters refer to themselves by name, you know, and um, and the characters never really interact either, you know, but this idea um, and, you know, McCall actually summed it up pretty well. Um, last time he spoke, I believe, when he said, you know, this idea of uh, a return home, um, I forgot how you worded it already, but it's a return home that's somehow dissatisfying or heartbreaking, right? And I think, like, if you follow each story, um, even though the characters are, like, really different, um, and, like, it, it still follows that theme, um, and the the other theme around the economic stuff, like, kind of, like, forms around that. So it, it has a really natural way of, of um, of coming together um and like the characters not interacting um I, I think almost like accentuates the themes because then it becomes less plot driven like it's almost like in tune you know you're way more of a film guy than me but like you know like uh babel like the film uh it was one of those one of those like three films that came out that year um where, where like the the themes kind of emerge and, and they're what holds everything together it's not plot driven at all whereas like a movie like crash you know, it's like the characters, like the whole thing is how the plot makes the characters interact. So I don't know if that makes sense um, in terms of the theme emerging, but it, it was more of like a natural thing. It wasn't um, it wasn't like, all right, let's do this. And we're going to write it. We're going to do this really political album about homecoming. And the guy's really sad because it's gentrified. Like it, it really it, it feels way more real to me, like the characters, even though they're kind of out there characters in some cases, like it, it just feels way more natural. Well said, well said. I want to actually talk about the some of the tracks on the album, right? But I also want to start by the apparent, which you you just um you guys alluded to already, is the fact that each um each MC has solo tracks, right? There's no really everyone is kind of shining by themselves, right? There's not more than one MC on a track, and um, I'm just curious to know how you guys decided on that presentation like to display yourself in that manner where it was just everybody. And the other dope thing is that I think you all equally have all three tracks each. So it's, it's very, um, I want to say it sounds like it's calculated the way you guys did the structure of the album and who would be on which track, where they would, where each person would go. Like another thing that I noticed too, is like, you don't, you don't hear a Mikhail track back to back, right? Like there's spaces in between, like, so talk about the structure and how you guys created this presentation with who would go where and how certain people would be placed throughout the tracks. I, I think, I think Brian should talk to that. I, I have something excited about it. I feel like Brian, sure, um, because you really like help lay down the orders of the tracks. You should speak to that more. Yeah, sure. I can chime in. I don't remember when we made a decision to not do a group track. Cause I think there were, we might've floated that around at some point. I always love like the posse cut on an album. So like, I probably would have pushed for it. So I think it might've just 
maybe it was just the fact we weren't all together or I don't know. I don't know why, but, um, but as far as bringing it all together, yeah, it was kind of like, so we did, I'll kind of take, pick up where I left off, you know, in the process of things. Um, these guys were all sending in demos to, to everyone. So everyone shared whatever they did throughout the whole process as songs kind of formed. Um, and then we got to a point where it was like, and I think there was even some redos, like people would share and then we'd be like, hear other people's stuff. And then like, I want to actually, let me rewrite this. And then there was some of that happening. Um, once we were sharing each other, you know, everyone was sharing their songs. And then we just got to a point where it was like, okay, we got like, everyone felt good about nine cuts that we had. Everyone felt good about their three songs. Um, and we were kind of like spent some time with it. Um, I think there was always pauses in between um, our, our get togethers online. And then, um, yeah, once we, we, I don't remember how, like, I think Jacques booked some studio time. Um, and these guys were all on the East coast at that point, either that or um, tunes was like traveled out there, made it happen so that he could make the session. I couldn't make it, unfortunately. Um, still haven't met like some of these guys in person. <laughs> like, we always joke about it. Like it's crazy. But yeah, I wish I could have made that that yeah, that recording session because that was the one time that everyone could have all been in the room together. So I was the only one missing. But these guys hit hit the studio to lay down vocals, get some solid recordings. Um, and that helped, you know, make sure that all the vocal parts were all sounding you know, cohesive and, and, and good. And I'm sure it drove, I wasn't there, so you guys might want to speak on it, but I'm sure it drove the performances, you guys all being in the same room when you were recording each other's songs. And, uh, um, and then, so then from there, you know, I got the raw, um, I got all the raw stems and I did, I did the mixing of the individual songs um, and stuff just kind of shaped even more from there. A lot of the ad libs, the, the, a lot of the DJ stuff, the cuts in there. Cause I, I'm a DJ too. So I did all the, the cuts as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I yeah, it's, it was, a, it was a long process and, um, yeah, selecting like where stuff went, composing, kind of co arranging the layout of the album. That's something I take a lot of pride in with all my projects. Um, because I, cause I'm a DJ. I like, I really think that the sequencing and, and the transitions from song to song are really important and how an album plays out and how it hits the listener. So I always take that um, really seriously. And so I put a lot of thought into that. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't just going to be like three um, long division tracks, three hired gun tracks, Macau tracks, three Sertunes uh, uh, tracks. Um, I wanted it to, to play out and build, have each character build on each other um, to sort of shape this story um, and, sh and shape you know, this narrative. Um, so that's, you know, so there was aesthetic choices. Like I, I like the way this track sounds after this one, but it was also how the characters, uh, each each song kind of plays a role in the story and, and uh, the role for each character. So it was definitely taking note of that and um, trying to make sure there was this arc, kind of a story arc, even though there isn't a plot really, or as Dan was saying, um, I, you know, Got it. That's how it came together. A lot of the interludes and uh, the intro, the outro, that's all stuff that I, I, I pieced together um, after the fact, either from from previously made stuff that kind of fit in or stuff that I that I 
produced for the project to make it all kind of glue together. I gotta I, say, I, I, could, I could add like um, just just the or, not the order so much, but like the reasons I think we had three, and I, I, I I'm not exactly sure. But I, I know like one of my preferences as a designer is like always do things in, in odd numbers. So I would never say two, I would never say four, I would never say five. I, I don't and I don't know how it happened, but maybe we all as a group decided on decided on three collectively. But I know if someone said two, I'd be like, no, we have to do three. <laughs> Three's <laughs> a better I'd number, man. Say it again. <laughs> Three's a better number. Like what? two's weird. Four is weird. Good. For narrative, like you know, plays come in three acts, right? I mean, like you know, it, right, it just right. beginning. Sorry, middle, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, so I think that's 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 part of the reason why there was three, right? It was you know, yeah, um, beginning, middle, end, and that's the, I think this that's sort of the reason why we had three. Um, and yeah, just add to what Brian was saying. Um, yeah, he he took a lot of time just to make sure that because I remember we, we talked about it um, uh, about like how, making sure like this, you know. Uh, making sure that the tracks blended or just the album, how that would feel from one track to, to the next. Um, but, you know, it, it, to be honest, I don't think we even needed to have a conversation. That's just that's how Brian just naturally sort of works. Um, but I know I, I just remember us like um, listening to the tracks and say, hey, you know, what? like maybe sort of fidgeting around with like where the, the orders of the tracks were and then coming up with an idea like, hey, maybe this is the way it goes. One thing I think we, I remember like um, deciding as a group was that we wouldn't have like um, each person's track right after the rest of the other tracks. So it wouldn't be, you know, Macau, 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 then in two men, two men, two men, um, long division, long division. Like we, did, we decided like, we don't want to do that. That even though these stories as they were, I think written, do have like, um, you know, a beginning, middle and end that we, would, we wouldn't necessarily um, put the tracks in that order at all, and it made it more compelling as a, I think as a, you know, as a narrative or just as a as a listening experience, not to have it in that order. So you know, if you listen to it, you can maybe you can find where that beginning, middle, end happens, um, but at the same time, it's not really necessary, and it just makes it a, a much better listening experience. Um, and you can hear like, even the way that you know. Because of Brian's um, great mixing and you know his beats, like even the way he made sure, like you know, you hear you hear uh, three songs, then there's a intermission of some sort, and then we go into the next three songs, and then another intermission, next set of songs, and that's all done, at least from my understanding, it's, it's all done on purpose just to make sure, like, hey, let's to give the album uh, a real sense of uh, you know continuity, but also like to give us uh, a structure and make it a more pleasurable like listening experience. So that's you know that's something that I think uh, there's certain things that we sort of all sort of agreed on, but some things that it just it just naturally just took 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 shape, um, just because of you know the way we are as uh, I think just as creative um, folks. Mm. I want to just say that Brian stole the show, production wise. Like no slight at everyone else's contribution, but this project really comes alive because of his production. Um, and I, I, I want to talk more about his back and forth in hearing the lyrics and changing things and the adjustments he made, but you really, really stand out. Um, I think on face value, what people will probably remember quickly with this project is the production, right? And the overall sound that it brings. Now, Brian, I also want to say, man, I'm very... 
well, I wouldn't say I'm very familiar with you, but when I was doing a little research, I was like, hold on. I know this guy. Like, I, I so for folks that might be listening, you know, I um I had started an online internet radio station some years back. And you had put out a, a beat tape called Dissertation Volume 1. Uh, I think this was back in 2015. And I had did like a little beat. Like I did a, I had these different shows. And one of the shows was like just showcasing like producers and, you know, beat guys. And I remember coming across your music and like displaying some of the, you know, one or two of the tracks from that project on there. Um, so it was like, but I remember just, how dope your beats were to begin with. So when I heard this project, it was like, oh, okay, it actually makes sense because he's just naturally gifted like that. Um, talk to me about, um, you know, how challenging, I, I guess I would say like, what was the most challenging uh, part about doing this project for you and, and you know, uh, working with everyone? Like what, what was the hardest part for you to actually um get through in this project um so well thanks for uh the support over the years i'll say first yes yeah, that's, that's cool man <laughs> glad you dug the dissertation thing that's one of the projects i mentioned earlier that jacques did the design for um and uh yeah as far as challenges i mean i'll just say like my approach to this compared to like a project like that um it's going to be totally different. I mean, it was totally different because um, I'm working with vocalists, right? Like I'm working with all these other artists and, and really trying to do what I can to all the way from beat selection to how I'm mixing it. Um, I'm trying to do them service. That's, that's going to be, have to be a priority if you're a producer um, and you're working with another artist is especially if they trust you with their, their art you know and that they're they're sending you stems it's like all right let me make sure that I, and there was a lot of feedback too you know like i'd play stuff we'd play mixes back and i got a lot of mixed feedback from these guys you know they're like turn my vocals up you know <laughs> which you know like you got to listen to to the people you're collaborating with and and like and, and just trying to make sure that i'd not get too you know being someone that's done a lot of solo stuff instrumental stuff um I don't, I don't want to get too far into my world and abandon the ship of like this team effort that we're trying to make to make a good collaborative project. So that's, that was always a challenge. Um, and, uh, but it was a welcome challenge um, because especially at the time it was like, I was really excited about working with, with, uh, with some other artists and working with some vocalists, having already had a couple instrumental projects under my belt. Um, but the biggest, yeah, the biggest challenge for me is always um, finishing <laughs> and uh, like knowing when to, to to say it's done and just especially just taking taking the responsibilities of mixing the album and, you know, um, getting all the levels right of everything. And so that, that's always a challenge. But I would say it, just the collaborative part of it was was a really great challenge to have. And um, hopefully, you know, I did these guys justice because they all contributed um immensely to the project as well i mean they made it what it is definitely definitely so i want to actually talk about some of the lyrics on the project m tume you opened the project with probably my favorite song on the album papa said um and i just want to clarify first before we even go into this song 
Are you saying in the hook, Papa said a man was worth or Papa said a man was work? Work. Okay, it's work. I'm like, I've been playing this record back over and over again. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have asked for the lyrics because, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's saying worth or work. But to me, it's like whichever one he says, it actually makes sense, too. But um, can you expound on the significance of the phrase, right? Papa said a man was work. And tell us the underlying message you wanted to convey in this song. Um, If I remember correctly, I think um, when I was working on just the overall narrative of the person, I was trying to like really explore a person who I think lived a life of, you know, strict kind of rules and like kind of dogmatic ideologies a bit. So it's like, you know, um, someone says like, you do that, you do, you get a by doing B and that's the only way to do it. Right. And, you know, youthful people you know young people do whatever they flip around they mess around they don't take things seriously and you know grown folks you know they they work and they they contribute and you know and so this character that i was working with was a very much a coming of age kind of person who you know decided to kind of leave home and do a very um a very like you know not so much going in the military it's not like a thing of like i don't think this person was a patriot this was more like all right i need to find a thing that's going to help me contribute and be a man right and stuff like that so i thought about that line as like a kind of refrain that was constantly in his head help you know forming his decisions and you know that's kind of what a hook is right of course Course, it's a, it's a constant reminder. So I built that with like the kind of the main refrain in his brain, and then all the other lyrics within it were just a kind of rumination around that and why he made those certain choices, um, and so forth and so on. How much of the track had to do with, you know, real life, like? What was there any aspects of it that, if you care to share, that dealt with reality? You know what I would say. My own life, eh, I would say maybe some of it emotionally. Like maybe like I, I think definitely at that time I was like in my early thirties. I was like definitely like probably at like one of my brokest financial moments. Like I just came off of like living a life on the road. Um, doing a lot of stuff, you know, I, I and I went to a point where financially I wasn't doing as well. So I definitely think I got attracted to a character who was dealing with it, who was dealing with um, what's the worth of, of of someone at a certain age who calls himself a man but doesn't have what we associate you know, men having like, you know, solid home, a family, so forth and so on. Um, so I definitely think it might have emotionally influenced my interests. Um, I would say the actual things, nah, not really my life. But, you know, I had a lot of friends who went into the military, who left home, who came back. People that I used to be very close with when I was a kid and that I don't really talk to no more. So some of it, I think, also was like the rumination of like people that I I encountered in my life that um, 
I don't have relationships with and me trying to process what I may think they're going through through writing songs. I wouldn't say any of it was autobiographical or anything like that. It definitely was a character. You know, it was definitely like me constructing a character, writing character, right? But of course, I think, you know, as a, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker and I come as an actor, your interest in character, even if it's not um, yourself, comes from an emotional place of, of you know, you've, you're interested in that emotionally. So I was interested in emotionally, but I don't think any of the actual details really were my life at all. Wow, man. It, I'm so glad that you spoke on that because in my listening, it felt so real. And if, if you are into film and you did a really good job portraying, um, you know, um, something that um, would, that came across real. So, I also want to talk a, a little bit more about this track because, um, I mean, it's just it's just a, it's it's one of the most memorable tracks on the album for me, and um, it just really just grabs me. And it's it's the second track, the first track where we actually hear MC rapping. Now, Brian, there's some brief singing ad libs by a a woman on the hook of the song. Um, is this actually a vocal sample or an actual singer? And uh, it sounds like she's saying, "Be, be." Oh, Ben, I, I don't know if I'm saying the right thing. Um, <laughs> but um, like, what is she saying? Talk to me about this, because this subtle uh, vocal ad lib makes a major impact on the song. And I think oh. it really talks about it really speaks to your brilliance as a producer. I mean, that. Yeah. So that, it's a sample. Um, that's all the details I'm going to give on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's 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 a chop, you know. It's it's something I chopped out out of a, of something, um, and uh, and I think I was attracted to the sound of it as I was because this is something that was in the track, so this isn't something that was added on later. Um, so that was handed over to Mtume when he, you know, picked that beat and when he wrote to it and all that. So that could have. You know, I can't really say as far as like what it contributed to li things lyrically. I don't. To me, it's just a sound. I'll yeah, be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. It's I, I, when I'm working on stuff musically. You know, there's sometimes there's there's lyrical elements, and there'll be there'll be some themes based on like a vocal sample or something. But this one was, you know, I don't even know what she was saying. It might have been a different language, but that's the only clue I'm going to give you um, as to the source. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I, I'm attracted to how sounds come together and that and I do a lot of sampling. I use a lot of a lot of records and um, I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, uh, in taking a lot of different sources and finding some common ground where they, they just all come together in a way that, that's beautiful to me. How did you know it's going to resonate with somebody out there? How did you how did you know where exactly to layer this sound? Like it, it just seems like it's placed in the right place, like in between the the hook. Like did you do this yeah, I mean, after you got the vocals from uh no, from no. M2 Mate? No, I was in there. Yeah, this is okay. all part of the, the, nice. the instrumental piece itself. Yeah. So sometimes I mean I do have like choruses and verse sections in mind um when i'm when i'm producing um 
I can get a little bit. I, I try to get away from that structure because sometimes because I feel like it is a little bit. We get pigeonholed into that. Like we don't always have to stick to the usual format, but I, I do tend to like gravitate towards that sometimes when I'm when I'm producing stuff, when I'm making beats. And so this was one of those tracks where it was where as it came together, I'm like, OK, this is going to be like this chorus section and then this is going to be the verse section, you know, build it up a bit, break it down, make space for the vocalist. Um, so that, that I, you know, there's that as far as the placement of that sample is just, you know, I like upbeats, offbeats, but put, put it in a place that might be a little unexpected to the ear and like play off the rhythm a little bit. That's always, you know, something I play with. Dope, dope. So this next question is for Macau. Your song Off the Block in the hook, you say, I've been around the block. Now I'm pushing off the block. So I'm moving past the block. They want to stop my shot. What inspired you to tap into this theme dealing with the block? So you know, as you've, as you've heard from everyone, you know, each of us kind of created a character and a persona. And the, for me, the story, actually, the way it was sequenced was in the reverse, um, ironically enough. So there's Icon, I Am, and The Block. And basically the character that I'm utilizing in the song, it's basically him returning after being an Icon. So it's this sort of thing that I kind of dealt with, similar to what Mtume was saying. It's, it's not autobiographical per se, but I kind of tapped into a different part of my life, leaving New Jersey and coming to, to Brooklyn and coming from a small town and trying to kind of like make my name. But I sort of inverted it because I, it was basically this person that was kind of uh, failing and returning having failed um, wasn't as successful. And that was, a in my younger years, that was definitely a fear of mine that I would have to go back. Um, so I definitely personified that. But I also, you know, teaching a lot of the young people, I'm also an educator, like, um, like I'm too, excuse me, and um, dealing with a lot of young people that are constantly trying to, to make a name for themselves, trying to kind of, find a way, not necessarily to leave their block, but to shine on it. Um, and that's kind of was the inspiration around the hook, like those kind of like two different ideas. And I wanted something that was going to reflect the mentality. All of the all of the things that I'm doing in the songs are, are definitely sort of like a psychological kind of profile. So I, I'm trying to get you to get inside of or see inside of the head of the of the character so that the chorus was really about those two kind of competing ideas to kind of set you up to the mentality of someone who was basically just trying to to make it and missed and now they're back to where you know they started and it's not where they it's not where they want to be um and it, it was sort of me kind of like tapping into that that part of that that feeling that i had coming here to new york but then also just kind of in conversation with a lot of the young people, you know, working with high school students primarily, um, and just sort of their aspirations um, and looking and wanting to be known, seen, you know, blow up. Um, 
you know, not all of them, I'm saying that all of my students are, are trying to, but, but those are some of the things in some of the spaces that I worked in, you know, that was, that was sort of a mentality that they, that they had to kind of show out and be, and, and be seen and be known. So that's, that's, that's kind of what, what kind of brought me to bringing up in, in, in that hook, but it also was to help me sort of kind of set you up for the, the mentality of the character that you were going to experience when you were listening to the verses. Wonderful, wonderful, well said. So I want to move to the next song. As you guys probably will see, I'm going through like track by track, right? Like I'm giving y'all each an opportunity to build. I, I got to so, say, this is impressive, man. You definitely, you definitely, you, you know, peep the record for real. This, this is dope. Seriously, man. I, I'm like, wow, thank you. Indeed. So uh, Long Division, your song Candles. The level of lyricism and clever wordplay is high on this track. I mean, I was blown away, like, of how much was happening on this track. And also some of your other tracks on the album, too. Can you briefly explain, though, what the track is about? Like, in your briefest, you know, explanation. And sure. how, um, it, how well, it relates to the overarching theme of the project. Well, I know you said it's kind of loosely based, but kind of talk about, what you know, what the track is about. Well, okay. Um, the track is basically... Um, a semi tongue in cheek kind of like, I mean, the, the, the narrative of the track is this guy is kind of like, I mean, it's loosely based on me. The, the, the character is a little bit more based on me than probably Toombs' character. Um, but it's almost like kind of like a little self effacing. I mean, you guys have known me for a long time. So, you know, like the self deprecating humor is kind of part of my thing, but um, he's kind of fantasizing, he, you know, he's working some kind of regular job or he's, He's in urban life, and he starts. He's uh, he's drawing a cityscape. I'm also a visual artist, so he, you know, he's drawing, and he starts like his mind starts wandering to this other kind of life that's a little bit more bucolic, and you know, out in the rural countryside. And then it just sort of like evolves into him, you know, beginning to like practice the occult and like getting really into like that side of things. Um, but that's something that I've researched since, you know, I was a kid. I mean, I'm not, um, it, it's not like my belief system necessarily. It's just something I, I've researched, uh, you know, whether researching different cults or uh, one of my favorite books was called uh, The Occult by um, by Colin Wilson. Um, so I drew a lot from that book and, you know, just kind of drawing through, from these references and kind of like the, the idea of this like daydream kind of spinning out uh, for this character. And then, you know, I, I kind of had the idea, I kind of knew that Brian and Jock were going to mess around with the order a lot. So I tried to make it as modular as I could. So, you know, my character ended up kind of in the, you know, he kind of, it's kind of like a tragic ending, but it could have gone the other way. I mean, he could have sort of started out from that point of uh, where he is in um, uh, sunshine uh, where, where he, you know, he's just, his life is just, you know, he's living in a basement and he's just, you know, uh, depressed about everything. But, um, but it was basically like these three different kind of, uh, periods for this character, like these different like periods in life. I I was almost thinking like you know like Doctor Manhattan from uh from Watchmen, right? He can kind of like move into like time. You know, he he recognizes that time is almost like a, an illusion or something. He's like, I see tombs. You, you know, you know the character. Like he he can kind of move into these different time. Like time, everything exists all at once, right? In in some way, right? In some kind of like. So, so the idea, like in one phase of this guy's life, he, he got really into hedonism and the occult. And then 
and uh, and um, the other song, it, it was almost like he was he was trying to kind of like make a difference. Like he still had this kind of like uh, anti-establishment persona, but he he sort of found a groove where he felt like he was kind of like making a difference in society, or he felt like there was some kind of hope uh, of you know collective action. Um, you know, um, I, I've I've been involved. In, in activism in some way for a long time, but you know, I don't call myself an activist necessarily, but I drew from some of my experiences doing that um, for that one. And then, and then, uh, you know, sunshine is the one where it's just kind of like his, his total, um, you know, dissolution as a character. So, so yeah. So that first one, the super syncopated style, I mean, that was kind of just styling a little bit. Um, I almost feel like I hate to say this because I love the album so much, but um, I kind of wish this had come out before, Death and the Magician, Rome Streets, the new Rome Streets joint, because he has all these tarot references. And I felt like at the time I was like, yo, nobody's talking about the tarot. So I was a little bit like, oh no, because I saw immediately like all the tarot stuff. You know what I mean? In the Rome Streets album. I don't know if you guys have heard with DJ Mokes, but but yeah. Anyway, that's that's kind of where that came from, which is this kind of like wild out daydream that led into this, you know, kind of like nightmare vision of the occult. Yeah, it's one of those tracks that, you know, the way it, the way the album flows up until that point, it kind of just kind of throws you off guard. Like, you know, um, like, where did this come from, you know? But your level of lyricism is so, like, complex, right? That it, it I think I paid, a, I paid a attention more to just the, the verbal onslaught of wordplay, you know, that, that was happening there. And then when you actually kind of think about what the song is about you're like oh wow like he took it there as well like so um th like i said this i was telling um Mikhail earlier that i didn't realize how layered this actual album is in terms of the lyrics like it's very dense there's a lot going on and um to a degree <laughs> i guess this is a good thing um but um uh, uh brian's production almost you know like it almost overshadows that, right? Like it's so it's so fun. Like the production is so fun. You're like, oh shit, you didn't realize that so much is going on lyrically. So you guys offer, you know, a lot, you know, all you know, collectively in your unique contributions. Um, so let's talk about um the uh the the next song. Uh, I believe it's called Nobody's Help. Uh, well, the next rap song on there, and it's by M. Tume, right? Um, can you talk uh, briefly on what inspired this track and how sometimes doing it alone can sometimes have a negative effect on well-being? Well, I mean, that that's actually one from Brian because Brian gave that beat and the hook was there, right? And, you know, this is where my memory fails me. I'm... I'm I know that was probably one of the beats that Brian gave me early that I was like, I'm going to take this one, right? I just liked it. I liked the groove. The hook was there. It just um, sounded like an M2MA beat. To, that was what it was. I was like, he's got to slay this shit. He's got to take this on. one. <laughs> Sorry. Imagine if I was like, yeah, I don't like that one. You'd be like, what? <laughs> right. Like, Damn. Damn. But, um, Damn. but I remember, like, I can't remember if that, like, jump started the kind of overall concept but i think it helped because it, whether or not it doesn't really matter where it fits in the kind of thing of like the first song with the you know the man is work and this kind of like you know individualist attitude and i think 
I think, you know, now that I think more, I probably like do someone who's completely the opposite. Like I'm an individualist. I'm a collective person. I'm into friendship. I'm into working in groups. I'm a collectivist politically. And this is a person about solo things going as a complete individual, um, the kind of rise of the individual. And um, I think you asked about how does this plague? I mean, this, this, this person that I was writing, I mean, clearly just has angst about all this stuff. Right. That's kind of what I wanted to do with when I added those lyrics to the chorus, just like paint a thing where this is a person who, yeah, he's saying that, but is that really true? (laughs) Like if you, if, if, if you listen to him, actually what he's talking about, he doesn't seem very happy. You know, and the things that makes him feel good is like guns and going to war. Like, how is that good? You know, so and, you know, it's also funny. And I think this influenced it when I just moved to L.A., the Christopher Dorner thing had happened. Remember that? And that actually that literally had happened about a week or two before I had moved to. Mm. Oh, no, actually, I got to L.A. and they were looking for him. And I, I, I remember I was like crazy reading about it. And I'm almost positive that influenced this, like from a major level. Like the Christopher Dorner thing, I was just like, I couldn't stop reading. I was like, this is crazy. So I feel like some of that got in there a little bit too. Got it, got it. So I'm going to jump back to uh, Long Division on the uh, track Galaxy Rays, which he lyrically shines on that as well. Um, you have a line where you say, Ever since the sorcerer's apprentice left the nemesis defenseless, the efforts have been registered as senseless. When I heard that, I was like, shit, what, what is going on here? Like the, the onslaught of, of, you know, wordplay, man. And you got another line before that. I mean, like I literally had to like play it over multiple times just to get what you were saying. Um, so I just wanted to shout you out on that, that I just, given an example of your, 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 your clever wordplay. Thank you. Tell me how this idea of galaxy rays relates to what your lyrics embody on the track. Okay. Um, sure. Well, I, I always was a fan of that song. The, the samples from, I hope it, this is okay if I say this sample, because it's not like a crate digger thing, um, Brian, but uh, it, it's from uh it's from a, a song off of uh, Ultramagnetic MC's Four Horsemen. Um, I believe the song, I actually forget the name of the song right now. Godfather Don is on it too. But, um, he, you know, he says he's in his own world. I, I think I kind of zeroed in on that. And then the idea of him being in his own world and drawing from that as like almost a superpower, uh, I guess. Um, I, I don't want to talk too much about superpowers. I know it's kind of played out in hip hop itself about yourself like a superhero, but um, the idea of kind of drawing from your own, you know, personal reserves of being in your own world and that being, you know, the kind of like energy that you project, um, you know, whereas in the other two kind of segments of the album, he's either, you know, kind of in this hedonistic space or he's, you know, down in his luck. In this place, he's he's really, you know, kind of like, you know, based and just, you know, knows what he wants and knows what he wants to do and feels like he's actually accomplishing it. You know, it's it's the more, you know, genuinely positive. I mean, you know, there's a couple, uh, it's not necessarily, you know, shiny, happy, positive, but 
you know, the characters do he's in a pretty good place in that song. You know what I mean? So the galaxy rays, I guess, I never thought about it consciously, but I guess the gal the galaxy rays are this energy that he's drawing from from his own personal reserves and you know projecting out into the world uh, to change it for the better, I guess. Nice, nice. At least how he sees it as better. Yeah. I'm uh I'm actually glad you broke that down because when you listen to the I think it's in the hook you say um mom I'm in my own world. I'm not sure if I'm saying it the right way, but I do hear the own world being repeated and I figured mm-hmm. that was kind of the concept, but you know I always like to ask the artists when I get them on the show cuz you guys can explain the meaning behind your lyrics the best. So um let's jump to um another track from uh Macau. This track is called I Am, uh, which really, really has a dope beat and drum presence to it. Brian, there you go again, just rocking out with the <laughs> with the powerful sounds. It, it, in the hook, uh, Mikhail, you say, I am falling and I am rising repeatedly. And the phrases are sort of juxtaposed really neatly. So you could kind of hear like, I am rising. And then you hear like, I am falling like a echo in the background and then you know, vice versa, it kind of repeats like that. Can you explain why it was important for you to express these two phrases throughout the song? I am rising and falling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I have to I have to get some shout outs to, to, to Log Division again on, on, on his tracks because, yeah, he's he is the the rhyme pattern, rhyme scheme king. He's definitely skilling it out. That's ridiculous. I also feel like there's a there's a vocal uh, ad lib by uh, Mtume saying "powerful" that if I remember was a, was an inside joke we had for some something in the in the Zoom. It was some inside Absolutely. joke and that like made it on the record. So when you hear Galaxy Rays, powerful. Like there was some there was some I forget what the inside joke was, but that was one of the jokes in, in the Google Hangout that I made it on the record. It being just this like powerful like like a workout video I, I don't know there was something yeah but it was like it would, it would always like it would like pop up here and there in the in the, in the meetings like if two ways say i it. totally forgot about that you know what i mean yeah you're right I, and it, I, it ended on the record well, yeah. okay. that was yeah. the one thing like there wasn't a group song but you guys were all in the studio when you recorded that and from what i heard you guys all hopped on for that section yeah. well there was vocal parts for each one of you Oh, mixed that, them together. Yeah, you guys. That was all of you guys saying that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that was, yeah. that was like the so, running joke. Yeah, that was um, the only piece in the album where it was like all the vocalists came together for that this, one this, word. This probably so kind of again, but, but I, I remember there was a line that you were going to take out of Macau, and and you ended up using it. And when I heard it on the album, I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad he left it. It was um, the line about this is this being overheard after work. Oh I yes, that, I thought that line was so dope because it's like it's kind of like jumps out of the song and kind of puts the whole thing in another perspective and also like politically ties the whole thing to working life which i think is kind of cool too yeah anyway, i don't i don't want to steal your your, your shot no 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 it's dope it's dope i, I mean you 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 ended up with a monster crew because we we literally have not had a chance to actually like savor this record together since we finished it so it's, it's literally it's like the first time we're like yo what do we make um but but about the chorus um you know, I, I the idea in the song was his juxtaposition of what the city was doing. So this is kind of the track where I'm really sort of trying to personify the city's like, I am a genius in city, it's inside a hideous city that disfigures pretty dreams, mere moments that master bitter. So there's parts of the song where 
it's this kind of struggle between am I going to persevere or am I going to basically just kind of fall by the wayside. So again, I was trying to use the hook to, to kind of embody that idea simply enough because I knew that the verses were very cerebral. Like it, it was, and I, and this is why I appreciate you, you bringing us on for and the way you've treated the record. Cause like, I think all of us, um, as the MCs, especially we're lyricists. We love lyrics. We love like the craft of storytelling. So we, I feel like we left people breadcrumbs, but you had to sit and read the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like you're going to sit here and, and just look at the cover and be like, oh, that's cool. and know what it was about. You kind of had to really sit and read the book. You might even have to read the epilogue. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, to get it. But you were going to appreciate it if you did that. So it's dope, like, to see that you've done that because it, it really allows. But because of that, I was really trying to, in the hooks, give that little breadcrumb to sort of give you an idea like this might be sort of the idea of what he's trying to kind of get at to maybe make you want to sit down and read the book a little bit more um because you kind of got hooked in with sort of like the the idea but yeah that was and even with the you know and this is where brian was really coming in as a producer just like some of the ideas about what to do with the ad-libs and things like that with the with the hooks um, and just to kind of like maximize some of that effect. So, you know, even just me sort of, I am rising just as a juxtaposition to sort of kind of having like that omnipotent or that omniscient voice um, that you're hearing just to sort of like accentuate that idea of just, I mean, we've all kind of been in that space, I feel, where you're just like inside your head, you're like, am I going to make it? Am I not? You know, am I, am I good enough? Am I, am I great? Am I not? So it's, it's trying to kind of encapsulate all of that in the hook so that when you're listening to the lyrics, when you're listening to the verses, rather, um, yeah, you kind of get a sense like, okay, maybe this is maybe that's the gist of what this is about, and you can you can kind of get it. I think that's perfect. I'm so glad that you did that because, um, in listening to the album, I mean, there's so much to uncover, like lyrically, right? But I think, like you said, the hook helps me to get a a fuller understanding of what each track is generally about. I got a, a lyric for you. You say on uh, on that same track, I am a chosen few will stay colder than frozen dew in a frost. You're lost if you can't cover the cost of clues. Are you saying clues? I'm not sure, but I want you to kind of explain that line, because as a as a person that is into lyrics myself, um, I really like to decipher lyrics. And I just wanted to kind of figure out what you meant by that line. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it kind of is set up a, a little bit before that. Be, beware of what omens do. Maybe I could rain if I knew what the Romans knew. So it's the idea of maybe if I was going to kind of play by sort of the standards, um, play by the industry rules, play by the elite's rules, maybe I wouldn't end up in this situation. So, you know, a chosen few will stay colder than frozen dew in the frost. So the idea of cold just being like, yeah, if you're going to get dipped out, if you're going to be fresh, um, you know, you know, uh, cold in the frozen, dew in the frost, you lost if you can't cover the cost of clues. So really, it's like if you don't have the ability to get that inside information, whatever it is, that's what's going to end up happening to you. So the so it plays actually you have to go maybe like two lines back. I mean, you don't really have to, but. It, it, it's feeding into this whole idea of like, why can't I get ahead? Well, maybe if I was tapped into these people that were the the betters or the, the elite 
or the ones that are the winners, maybe I could. Um, but if I don't have that, then I'm going to end up kind of losing out. So, you know, just a lot of, you know, a lot of wordplay, you know, trying to trying to say things, but but say it in a way that, you know, it's 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 poetic. It's it's it's, it's lyrical. And, and again, it's it's one of those things where it's like you catch it because it sounds I mean, like I'm a big fan of people like Ghostface, Nas, Farrell Launch. You know, those are the people that I kind of grew up on. Um Pasta new, so I'm 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 trying to say things and be very like concrete, but at the same time be very abstract. I want to I want to create pictures with what I'm with what I'm saying, and and hook you that way and get you to see something and kind of almost like put them like a pictogram together. Like oh okay that's what that's what that means. That's wow, and you know obviously with when you have the production to also kind of just keep you there it, it it's it's just the whole the whole package of it another really uh interesting line of yours you on that same track you say if we believe in magic then we can retrieve the stars i'm not looking at a face but for updating my status i thought that was a little clever um way of you know using face and status you know with social media was that really what you were trying to do with that line yeah absolutely Got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Got it. That was dope. Yeah. That was dope. Thank you. Indeed, indeed. So um, let's talk about Sunshine, which uh, is the track that, another track that Long Division, you know, solos in. I have a specific question about this track. Really dope beat again, Professor Brian. But when you listen to the song Long Division, it's talking about returning to a city that you feel sad about or that the character feels sad about. How does sunshine exist in a song that's so sad? Because, like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, where's the sunshine? Other than the chick saying sunshine, right? Um, right. B- break down, like, why y'all chose to go with this title, Sunshine, with a song like this. Yeah. Um, so the chorus and I, I don't know if you're familiar with um uh, with the what, what we were drawn from for that it's from roy ayers everybody loves the sunshine right which common sense or common sense as he was known at the time famously sampled for um what's the name of that song guys come on uh my life my life you know that's sunshine that is sunshine, roy roy ayers sunshine. Cat, you know in the prime of my life that, that's sunshine, I yeah, sunshine. That. yeah but he doesn't actually say sunshine in the song right or he doesn't he does my life my life my oh, life okay. in the sunshine yeah. tons of cats have sampled that song but yeah, for the record the he didn't yeah. sample that song hey, so yeah so, first <laughs> of all yo, yo don't blow a bright spot yeah. hey, where it came from but that's oh, we didn't sample it though we didn't from a whole <laughs> other source that we're not going to divulge but yeah when Brian told me that, that like blew my mind, like like where how he how he put that together because I think I just sang it in like this really whack fashion in the demo, and then Brian like put it all together. I was like, maybe you can cut in the record or do some Roy Air shit. Yo, yo, but on that note, I did want to touch on that because because uh, Dan was the one that he had the hooks for all of his songs. Like he had samples laid out, and he was like, yo, this one, this you know, either he was singing yeah. it already, like in just like a demo form or right, use right. and it's sometimes like i'd have to figure out what like he would he would have like some hooks i'm like those are samples right and then he'd let me know the sources yeah and then i'd like dig up i'd be like all right let me go find that record and then i I'd dig up the samples yeah. and then i'd cut it up you know but he he definitely came with the concepts on the hooks for his songs like and a lot of the samples that like i had to like find them and, or he provided a few of them and then i did my thing with them yeah but sorry to distract but i did want to 
No, I, honestly, I was gonna. I wanted to bring that. That was just a very generous way of putting it. I felt like I was being a pain in the ass because it's like you know I'm kind of like stepping. I'm like, hey, can you sample this part when that's kind of like what you're. But you were so accommodating, and you actually like would like take what I what I suggested, and then just like flip it and make it so much doper. Like, there's nothing know, wrong with a good idea, man. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll run with it. <laughs> anyway, I, I thought like honestly, for a producer to be that accommodating, I mean, it was it was like uh, unbelievable. But I mean, the idea that it was it was like an ironic thing, right? It's like so. so the other samples from Prodigy. Uh, from I think yeah, it's from his verse from uh, Temperatures Rising, where he's kind of like remember Temperatures Rising is like a crime song where the main character is in jail, one of the characters is in jail and the other one's writing him a letter, and uh, and he keeps retracing the steps and going back and thinking about how the the crime went down and he, he wished that it didn't. So he's like, damn, you know how, how why the situation go down like that. So I took that line and like applied it to like a more instead of like talking about one specific incident like just his whole life right so he's like what the fuck you know um and uh and and you know there's kind of vague references to what might have happened but i i'm not like really necessarily too specific about it and the idea of sunshine is just super ironic it's just the idea you know everybody loves the sunshine i mean if you ever hear that roy Ayers song it's like one of the closest things to like audio bliss that i can like think of so the you know the idea of like him this really dark song and then and then the hook he's saying you know um I remember seeing so, uh, a woman who was obviously really down on her luck and uh, uh, she was outside of a subway station and she just all of a sudden was just like, everybody have a really nice day, like really sarcastically. And it just really always stuck with me. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's where that came from. You know, um, uh, in in the song, you you reference a lady while you're sitting at a fountain or something. Is that the same lady? Is that the same concept? You say uh, some, I can't remember the line, but you say like she's. It sounds uh, well, like you're saying I, she's I say something about my landlady at the, the end. The landlady, I, yes, I, yes. But but the 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 part about sitting by a fountain, um, I actually say uh, I I take a seat by a fountain. I think I was picturing a fountain in New Rochelle where I grew up, uh, where a lot of kind of drifters and stuff would hang. But uh, but he he says somebody get me off this magic mountain. And magic mountain is a is a book by. Uh, Thomas Mann that's kind of famously about mental illness so that's where like fountain ties to magic mountain mm. uh, and uh, yeah the landlady I just had this idea of like you know just like my landlady's fucking with me you know for no reason like you know I just created this character who kind of lives in a basement and and is just kind of really down on his luck uh, I don't know if I did I make a reference to a failed relationship I might have I mean I was kind of just pulling out all the stops and I, if i just might that song right we were almost at a studio time and our engineer was like you, we gotta we gotta leave right at five because you know he had other commitments and things and so i was not a new father Mikkel, you, you said earlier like you know i was uh i just become a dad i was about to become a dad in fact i thought my wife was gonna like go into labor any minute while we were in the studio so it was like, we only got like two minutes left. Like, should we just leave it for next time? And I was like, yo, I don't know. My wife's about to have a baby. Like, I don't know next time I'll be able to come out here and do this. I was like, fuck it. Like, we got to just get it done. So I think that was one take, like, right? Because we just had to just do it. And I don't know if I would have been able to do it quite as well if I hadn't had that pressure. So um, so that was just something I always remember uh, as, you know, part of the session was getting that in there. 
Don't, um, don't. One take Dan. Well, just Sorry, for that, not, not, always, take Dan. not always one take. <laughs> just that one time. <laughs> so, um, uh, Brian, I, I gotta say, man, um, when you when you listen to the lyrics on the album, you know, they're very the subject matter is is really deep and sometimes sad. But your beats are for the most part really upbeat. And for the casual listener, I think they they're they're getting a really joyful vibe in terms of the overall production on the album. Um, were you aware of what the subject matter in the lyrics were going to be ahead of making beats? Like, did you like, did you plan to just be like, you know what? Despite the deep stuff they're going to be talking about, I'm going to just make these upbeat beats. <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious to know how much you knew in terms of um, this, you know, the how you were you the angle you were going to contrib- contribute the actual production in terms of the feel or the vibe of the album sound wise. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool to hear the, that that's the vibe you pick up. And like, I always, I think, I mean, I, I try to, I don't always try to make something, uh, upbeat and happy necessarily. Um, and I think that some of these cuts for me, like they go a little deeper, like to me, like when I hear it, like some of the darker places a little bit. Um, but I still, I, I guess I, I always, um, like it could be dark, but it, it's still, you know, it's got to make your head bop and it's got to make you want to move. <laughs> so like the funk's got to be in there, which there's always, you know, funk is a fun, fun music. It's yeah. about dance, it's about party vibes. So like that's going to be in there no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's a moody track. It doesn't matter if it's a happy song or like a da- dance cut or whatever. Like I'm always going to have that in there. So I maybe that's what you're picking up on i hope i think that's what it is um Um, i i meant to say funk actually um because that's what i noticed about the tracks too very funky Uh, and i'm not saying that every track is like that but the majority of the tracks like i mean when you if so i mean that's the backbone you know like it's gonna be there (laughs) no matter what the song's about like there's gotta be you know yeah it doesn't always have to be funky but that's like part of my dna musically like what i'm bred on so um so there's that but yeah like i i definitely um yeah i mean i had the characters in mind we had you know we had little story bits in mind i knew it was going to go to some deep places but that doesn't mean that it has to be like depressing sounding you know right. so we're, we're gonna like keep it funky and we're gonna like we're gonna make it entertaining at the same time i mean when you say like some of it, like the beats might detract from the lyrics a little, I'm like, oh, I didn't do my job, <laughs> you know, but I think it's just that's also a test to the, you know, that speaks to these MCs and like the level of lyricism there. Like maybe after a few listens, you know, you start to like then you sink in a little bit and you're like, oh, wait, like what what's this about? You know, it makes you want to, you know, that's that's something that I aspire to when I make an album. Hopefully it's something that it hits on the, you know, the the level of like moving your neck and moving your body a little bit. And then as you pay a little more attention, hopefully you get repeated listens and yeah, it makes you, makes you enjoy it over time. I think, I think it's worthy to note that some of the dopest records are rep- records that catch you off guard, right? In terms of um, the depth of what's going on lyrically. And um, because your beats are so 
particularly on this project, right? Um, and I know you, that's kind of your, your your style is funky anyway, uh, in general. But like in 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 regards to this project, like it's so easy on the listener, you know. So um, I, I and this is my perspective. I don't know if everyone shares this, but I think it's so easy on the listener, and it really requires you to listen to what's happening um, lyrically. But it, it pulls you in enough. It's not. It's not like. It's it's dark and boring that now you don't even get a chance to, you know, to to pay attention to the lyrics, right? Like it it, it brings you in just enough. It brings the listener in just enough to say, okay, let me listen further because I like what I'm hearing initially. I don't know if that makes sense, but so it's not yeah, a bad absolutely. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. That sounds. I mean, that's all right. We did our job. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So um let's um let's jump to uh another track. Um and I know I have you guys for a little bit, so um if you guys gotta if anyone has to jump off, I totally understand. Um uh but if you guys can still rock with me, I appreciate it. Um so um the other track that I want to talk about is Icon. And uh I think this is Macau, right? You you yep, you did Icon. Uh, why, why'd you choose to, um, well, let me actually move from that. Let's, let's talk about, um, icon itself. Um, my viewpoint on the word icon was always seen as this image that one looked up to, right? It could be a person or something, you know, of inspiration, but, uh, on the hook, uh, you say Macau that, um, do you have what it takes to be an icon? Know your face in the dark or when the light's on. Can you explain the way in which you wanted to exemplify the notion of an icon in this particular track? Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, honestly, you know, what you describe your definition of icon is what I was trying to go for. And, and you know, it's it's funny. So, like, you know, was trying to stay away from from cliche, you know, tracks. I, I know um, Dan was talking about a little earlier, like you know, personifying yourself as a superhero, and, and raps kind of played out. And and similarly, the whole kind of braggadocious rap verse is sort of like everyone does it. I've I've got a million of them from like 15 years ago when I was a younger MC. So it was sort of like, well, how can I kind of do that? And the character so that it felt different. So, like, Icon's kind of me sort of trying to do, a like, a braggadocious track through the character. Mm. So, using that as sort of the personification. So, like, I'm, I'm, it, that's, that's my one song that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, like, undercover, kind of, like, trying to skill out on some, like, I'm super nice. Um, but it's the character. And it's really sort of fitting into this sort of, like, trilogy of, so if... It, and it's funny, it's kind of like Brian, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it was almost like he did like the Kendrick Dam thing, where it's like he took my he took the story and he actually put it in the reverse. So the song that you hear first off the block is kind of the end of the arc of my mm. character. So by the time you hear Icon, that's really the start of the story, where it's just like, I'm the baddest. I'm the, I'm the icon. That's what I'm striving to be. But by the time it's off the block, it's like, yeah. I... I came back and I, I'm not. So 
yeah, the, it really is supposed to be sort of embodying that that definition with the with the character and, and with the song. Got it. Where, where does I am fall then? Um, like, can you give me the order? Sure, for sure. So it's actually actually I, for your I, I character. Take that back. It's actually Icon would have been in my mind when I was doing it. Icon was based on the start. Off the block is technically the middle. Okay. And then I am is sort of kind of like the parable. It makes sense. That order actually makes sense. That's why I love being able to talk to the artist directly because I wouldn't have, I mean, I don't know if I would have been able to figure that out on my own, right? But it gives me a further appreciation for the art and what you guys intended. Yeah. So that well, was... The int- the interesting thing, though, is that even even though they're not necessarily in like the story order, you don't have to put them in the order to fit, like to sort of like get what the thing is. That that is almost more for me. Like I was like, this is if I was writing the story in like a linear sense, that's how it would that's how it would go. Um, but yeah, they kind of they kind of can stand and still sort of like give you an idea of the of the narrative of the narrative in it. Awesome! Awesome! So we have made it to the last MC track on the album entitled Nostalgia. And I have to say, uh, Brian, this track reminds me of the last track on the Reflection Eternal album, Train of Thought. Um, You know, Talib Kweli and um, High Tech, the track called Expansion Outro. I don't know if you guys remember that track, but that was such a powerful track. And it just, I mean, I listened to it I listened to both tracks, kind of comparing them. They don't sound exactly the same, but like when I heard it, I was like, wow, this this sounds something sound like something classic I've heard before. And I think it was really dope that you chose to kind of close out the album with that track, even though I know there's one more track that's like a solo instrumental at the end. But uh, talk to me about what inspired the sound direction for uh, the track Nostalgia. Yeah, I'll have to dial it back for that uh the high tech reference i know i i have i've heard that i'm i'm familiar with the album but it's been a while so yeah can't say that that uh influenced it directly but you know i i got my influences and um i'd say there's definitely some like i try to hit you know use the wu-tang reference different chambers of my style and that was i'll i'll be open like that was definitely more like for me, like more of like a Pete Rock kind of angle <laughs> as far as like the approach to the samples and and, and the feel of it. Um, not like I have those intentions when I'm making something at all. Like it's not like I'm going to make a RZA kind of beat or I'm going to make it like a, you know, a Pete Rock style beat. But like those influences come through for sure. Like the things you grew up on. And um, I try to remain open to, to all those those spirits and, and things when I'm uh, when I'm putting stuff together. So yeah, that one, when I was, I listened back now, I'm like, Oh man, that's like, that's kind of like the, the mode I was in yeah. apparently for whatever reason. But, uh, but yeah, you know, just, it's got some, some jazz samples in there, yeah, the the piano, and, like mix of the funk with the way that the drums are chopped up. And then the bass is a, is a chopped up sample also, um, just, just layering things, making them fit in. Um, and then a lot of layers of, of horns and, and, and things that kind of went in um, on top of that piano sample. So that piano riff, the way it was chopped up, um, that became like the bass 
and then I just layering on top and kind of like building. And then I had a, a friend of mine, uh, Marcus Stevens came in and he laid some saxophone live over that one, um, which added a lot to the track, I feel like. And we, we use that kind of in between um, vocal parts sort of playing off each other is almost like trying to create the vibe like they were in the room together, you know, performing together and playing off of each other. Um, but they weren't. I mean, it was all those were all separate sessions. Um, but when I pull in pieces like the that, like whether it's different musicians that recorded at different times or or different samples that I took from different records that were recorded years apart in different parts of the world, like my my vision, you know, my goal is always to like create a cohesive um, piece and, and try to make it feel natural. You know, like I, I, I like to try to make things sound like this is a band maybe like performing or this is, you know, this is a, a group of musicians in my mind in some weird universe, like actually like creating this, this track. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit of insight on how that came together for me. Dope, dope. You know, when I think about it, like the, the, the first track that M2 may starts with, and then that last track, um, that last um, MC track, uh, nostalgia like those two tracks really open and close the album really well because the sound is very soulful and it's a little bit you don't really hear like the funk that you hear in most of the other tracks but it it, it just it the sequencing just works because you you know it's to me it's placed in the right place so um big ups to you on um on that so um m2 may um um, I wanted to ask you about that track, right? Um, on uh, on nostalgia, uh, you say um, you have a line where you say, "Far from perfect, but perfection nonetheless gave me my breath and the soul I possess." Far from perfect, but perfection nonetheless gave me my breath and the soul I possess. Can you explain further how perfection nonetheless had an impact on you or on the character? <laughs> what I would say, like the the you, I think one of the things that I was also exploring writing it was like I'm a firm believer in you know um, your your personality and the the traits that you have are formed by your environment. So who you are is truly going to be formed by that. So you know, I grew up in New York City. I did not grow up in a <laughs> in a perfect environment. And I, I grew up in an environment with a lot of, you know, poverty and, and hate and, 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 but it, it's made me who I am. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think, you know, I think uh, you got to love who you are, you know what I'm saying? And love who you've become. So, you know, that's just the deal. That's like the card you're dealt. You, it, it's perfect because that's who you became even though it's an imperfect place. So I, I, I say there's perfection and imperfection. So it's like, um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a contradiction. Like there really, there is no perfection yet. There's all perfection. It's kind of what I was trying to play with there. Um, and I guess with the character in that moment, as he's kind of looking back at the kind of all of the things that helped build him from the good and the bad, and he's kind of like, you know, getting into a, a set, settling into who he is. It's just kind of saying that, yeah, I mean, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be doing this, you know. And if he's truly satisfied with who he is at this moment, then 
he has to respect that. Dope, dope, dope. Thank you for breaking that down. Now, um, I guess this next question, as we, you know, get ready to close out the interview, would go to Jacques. I didn't forget you, Jacques. I know you've been kind of in the in the cut. <laughs> but um, as I understand, the proceeds from the album sales are being donated to the grassroots organization Equality for Flatbush. Can you talk about the importance of this organization and why you chose for the proceeds to be donated to them? Yeah, um, I, I wrote this organization in the past. Um, I did some work for them, but like, what, what really makes the this org like really special is like when it's a grassroots organization. So it's not like you're donating to some like big like mega nonprofit slash corporation, right? Whereas like, oh, you give like twenty bucks, but they they're getting like a million dollars from you know Ford Foundation and all these other places, right? This is a grassroots organization where it's like people from the neighborhood. Um, actually helping people in that neighborhood, right? So that's, that's, that's a really special group of people just trying to just help other people, right? In the neighborhood, helping them to keep their homes, um, fighting their landlords so they could keep their homes, even fighting the city um, when need be to you know, keep people in their homes and just provide them with um, some sort of, uh, you know, safety um, and protection um, to keep them in their homes. So, you know, this org has been around for, for a bit now. Um, so the, the person who, who runs it, it's, like, it's a really, it's really dope dude um, who I worked with, like I said, in the past. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's, it's really special. And I think the one thing, um, you know, one thing I'm, I'm sort of cognizant of is like when we're, um, you know, we're doing these projects and, you know, we're help, trying to help people, but like, the, you know, how we, how we help, um, I just think it's 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 powerful, like to make sure that you know we're helping groups that are really trying to help us, right? Um, so like you know, support us by us, um, but it's 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 really important that you know um, that we try to you know sort of fuel these um, you know smaller nonprofits or organizations that are just really trying to you know do the grassroots work and, and doing the dirty work that not too many other people will take the time to actually do. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, can you? kind of share what you would hope listeners of this project to take away like if there was one cohesive understanding you would want people to get from this project what um what would you share uh, I'm like the wrong person to ask that question to <laughs> because <laughs> I just feel there's so many parts right sure like, sure and you you, you 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 like voiced a lot of it right like you, you understand that's layered like, I, I don't want someone to walk away thinking like it's just a one, like one quick listen, right? This thing is like really layered and you can hear like the, you know, the craft, the craft that Brian takes to, to do his work. You can hear the craftsmanship that, you know, uh, and Tume, um, Raquel, Long Division, all, all of them like do to, to, you know, just to craft like these pieces. And, you know, I, I you know, not that I sat there exactly with them, but, you know, I, I was there uh, enough to know like how much, how, you know, how um, um, how much a uh, perfectionist they, they they can be, and they mean that in the in the in the in a, in a very um, um, I guess flattering uh, way. I don't even need to be um, um, in, in a negative way. Um, you know, they they work hard at it, um, and you know, the, the, one of the cool things um, you know that I noticed, um, I don't know if they did, maybe they did, um, is you know 
and, and Brian mentioned it, and some other people mentioned it, you know, you, you hear someone would, would make a rhyme and then you can feel like, oh, the competitive spirit sort of got like ramped up. Like, oh yeah, let me let me work on this and let, let me start moving on this. Um, or just like, let me try to make my other shit like just that much tighter. Um, and, you know, it's it's a special album to me because, you know, a lot of things were happening at the, at, at the time, right? And, you know, they've also mentioned it um, in, in, in slightly, but I think all our lives were in, in, in this um, state of like flux or some changes like happening. Like in Tume was, I forgot that, I only remember today in Tume that you were actually in Spain. Um, I was like, wait, Tume was in fucking Spain and then he was in LA. I forgot that you were even in LA that period. I just remember that you weren't here, <laughs> like you were in New York. Um, Macau, you know, I think, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I know you were going through some shit. Dan was about to have a kid. So like Dan was like going through this whole thing, like, you know, <laughs> like just, you know, having a kid's a big thing, but I was about to get married. Um, I was probably the only person like maybe not going through some deep shit, but like, especially when the album like, like hit or when we were trying to make it, then I got through my own shit to, to go through. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and that's what brought me to LA and like, and, and everything. Right, but it's it's a special album because I think we all like you know we all went through this, and I think like you could hear it in the rhymes where there's there's something more than just like we're just people just putting pen to paper. It's something that really comes from like the, the, the heart, and, and you know it's 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 also combined with the the craftsmanship that these people have, and it all like blends together to make this album, right? And and you know it's it's for what it is, it's 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 a very um, it's a it's a good album. It's a it's not even a good album. It's a dope album. And for a compilation album, that's really hard to do. It's really hard to make a good, dope compilation album. And, you know, I don't take any credit for this. Like, these dudes, like, did that shit, and it's amazing. You should take some credit for it. I'm taking, like, 1% credit. <laughs> that's it. But these dudes, like, they, they went out and... Take, and, and, take at least and, and, two. Take at least two. All right. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take 3% credit. <laughs> If Puffy can take credit, you can. Yeah. No, all, 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 all jokes aside, I, you know, you know, and he alluded to it, like we all were in different places, different places in our life, but things were tough. And, and, you know, Brian talked about it, you know, but Jacques really was the glue in not just even just a professional. I mean, like Jacques really is the one that knows all of us fairly well. You know, like Jacques is the connection with us and Brian. You know, Jacques is my connection to, to Long Division. Um, so in all ways, it's sort of like, it's interesting because this is a really cohesive project and yet there's three distinct voices, um, talking about an idea in it from their own way advantage point, but you can see and feel sort of the connection, I think through the music and, 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 and this is respect to you, Krill, you took some, you took the time that's really appreciated to really see how those layers sort of connect. And I think that's, I think that's what we want. I, I know that's what I want people to take away. I just really want people to sit. And, I make music for people to sit and listen to. Like maybe not necessarily to go out and dance to. I mean, I want people to, to feel good and vibe to my music, but I'm a nerd. I, I like people to sit and dissect stuff. That's what rap used to be to me. Just sitting and listening to like, what are they talking about? Like, who are these people that they're referencing? Like, what does that sound? That's that's the experience that I loved about rap music because it brought me to learn about science and anthropology and history and all these other places because of how in which they were sort of like expressing it and explaining it. So 
I feel like we all kind of have that background, and I and I think I think that just naturally came into the project from where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of like. I, you know, I feel like you, you're 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 sort of like the proof of, of of the success of what it is because you're you are so like pulled in by the break. Like, well, what is this about? And like, why did you say this? And and you know, the music's so amazing, so I, I couldn't not listen to it. Like that, like like that's 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 I think what what I know I wanted people to get away from. It's like to to enjoy the listen um, and oh. appreciate the and appreciate the listen. You know, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. Who was gonna go ahead? Long oh, division. Yeah, I, I was just gonna. I have uh, what I consider kind of like a, not necessarily a boring answer, but like, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times um, with forms of music like hip hop and, and probably, you know, also like rock and roll and other things, it's like, you know, you get hung up on the idea that everything has sort of been done. Um, and I'm not saying that this is like groundbreaking in some, you know, amazing way that's going to change the culture, but like, you know, forever, but like, I don't think that there's anything quite like this. And, and um, I think it is definitely like a, an interesting permutation of the idea of a compilation album or of a collaborative album. Like, you know, um, and the more I listen to it, the more I realize that too. Um, it's got kind of like this dreamlike quality that's kind of like behind itself. It's not exactly like uh, everything's not in the service, like Jacques keeps saying layered. Um, so, you know, that's what I, I mean, as you know, like the listen, like, I mean, you know, you kind of talking to us about our lyrics and, and about the beats in, 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 in such a focused way, like uh, just made me aware of certain things uh, that, that I wasn't aware of about the album before too. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's like, like I said, almost a generic answer, but you know, just, you know, it's something a little bit different in, in, in that way. Like nothing's been quite done this way before. So. That's my no doubt. And, um, you know, I have to ask this question in closing, like with the success of this project, do you guys see the foreseeable future of a part two to this? I mean, I, I would like to see. Oh, posse cut. Right. (laughs) I would, I would like to see an actual, like, I don't want to categorize things, but I feel like, on paper, it looks so much better when, like, I would love, I'll say it, I would love to see, like, a group name or something, like, you know, like, a collective group name. Um, but staying with the same format where it's, everyone has a solo track and it's, it's it's you know, it's sequenced in the same, you know, similar order. I think you guys got something special here. Um, and I could see a, a, a group, you know, but, I mean, that's up to y'all, right? But, I mean, just as the... I guess the fan outside looking in, I could see a collective. Because, you know, like when I title this show, I got to be like, I got to name every name. <laughs> so it's easier that way, but it's all it's all cool. Like, I mean, you, you just in just reference. You can just use the name of the project. You can just use the name of the project, I think, right? I yeah, mean, I'll that's... do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to figure something out, man. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not, five. like, all jokes aside, like, I just even if, you know, you guys don't, formulate a group like i would love to see a part two of this even if it's the same um you know display are you guys thinking i'm about just that? gonna i'm just gonna say i think sequels are overdone <laughs> thank you i went i went brian i i i, I like that this is a one-off this particular idea well, not, like not to say that i don't want to work with these guys more like i'd love to you know like 
who who knows? You know, we might like. I work with you guys again for sure. Yeah, but if like, we do, like, it, it'll be something different for sure. It's yeah, not you be just, like, oh, part two, like, no, that's not gonna happen. That that's I mean, my I'm, point. That's, for me, that's, that's, like, no, nah, it's just it's always moving forward. What's next? You know, we we'll, would we'll, we would do something different. It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I could respect not a sequel. Josh just we has your own. We can do a ninety-minute posse cut. How about that? <laughs> yeah, let's get a posse cut in. Let's get a posse cut in. That would be nice. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, an EP or a twelve Bonus inch or track. something like that. Yeah. So I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time. I know it's we're we're upon two hours, so um, I know you guys stayed a little longer than expected, but I appreciate it. And I guess in closing, uh, I guess each of you can just kind of. Tell the people what you guys have next for your solo careers so people can, you know, check for you beyond this project. So I guess you can go first, Long Division, and unmute yourself. Let people know what's what's in store. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, for, for a while, I was not even uh, really involved with emceeing. I, I kind of took a, a hiatus. I, I was really involved with visual art for a while. I was focusing on that. And um then I was playing bass in like a shoegaze band, like a rock band for like about four years. Um, but in the past year, I actually started getting back into it and um, and like making my own beats, which I never really, um, I always wanted to do, um, but I started really doing that. And um, I'm actually, I got something for Jacques, you know, in store. But um, but yeah, so I've, I've been focusing on doing that and um, I have a few tracks, figure out like how I'm going to get a mixed down and mastered and stuff. But I don't have anything really specific to plug any projects, but I will say I was listening to some of these other guys' projects. Tombs has an instrumental album, and I was listening to that today. And the other album he has um, with somebody else, uh, it's like a joint album. But I, you have other like Homeboy Salmon is on there, and Creature, and other people that I, you know, uh, that is dope, man. I was digging that, and that 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 Stevie Wonder sample. That you've, I don't know if it was, if you replayed it or whatever. That, that, it was dope, man. I was digging it. You know, so wonderful. I'll play your thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Tombs. You, you can. Um, what do I got coming? Uh, I've I've actually releasing a lot of music recently. I mean, I had a couple of things I put out last year. I put out an album that I another album that was like gestating for a long time. It was a collaboration I did out of Spain. One of the last things called Grand Mixer that's out there. I put out a, an instrumental record uh, called The Noxilator not too long ago. Um. And I'm actually like literally closing up on another instrumental record that kind of just spit out of me over the last couple months. So um, that should be out. I don't have a title for it yet. I want to get out on the band camp. And I've been long working on another solo self-produce. I've been getting it mixed. Uh, shout out to Willie Green. Um, he's been mixing it for me and just... I'm going to put that out when it's done. I don't really know. I, I, I definitely think this year um but it, it'll it's that and then you know after that we see you know i i i i i make music in a very kind of i just make it kind of vibe now you know i can't i don't really have any other expectations i've been doing this way too long to like have certain types of expectations but i i just enjoy doing it as you probably can see looking over here so i just kind of sit myself in here doing it a lot dope uh, go ahead, um, Professor Brian. Yeah, um, yeah, I gotta, yeah. So, uh, I have an, I have another project that is uh, been in the incubator 
for a little bit and uh, it's called Ebeline and Oblivion. And this is a, a project that I, another project that I fully produce uh, with a very talented singer songwriter vocalist uh, taking the moniker of Ebeline. And um, it, it's, it's on the way. That's all I can say. We, everything's all wrapped and we're gonna, we're just packaging things up for release at this point. So uh, keep an eye out for that. So something a little, it's, it's a little different cause it's not on the straight rap tip, but um, it's all in tune with the full um, trajectory of, of what I've been doing and what I'll continue to do. So it all fits into place there. Um, so that's, that's the big one, Ebelin and Oblivion. Keep an eye out for that, probably coming later this year. And then, um, a lot, a lot more um, uh, beat tapes will be coming out probably just in the digital realm soon. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be focusing more on just, just putting stuff out for folks to enjoy and listen to a little less, um, a little less stuck on these big concept albums. And uh, so, so you'll be seeing a lot more output from me on that, on that end, on the Bandcamp and Spotify and uh, some remixes, things like that. So just stay plugged in to professor brian oblivion and uh yeah got some things in the works all right mikhail go ahead tell us what's next for, for you um so I, I released a project right before the pandemic called the passport uh which is actually a record i'm working with artists from about seven different countries um uh, in my travels from some of my tours uh during the pandemic i released a track which is the advanced single for a project I'm doing with a brother by the name of Mr. Mayday. We go by the group called the GOP, Gorillas on Patrol, uh, album called The Murdica. And uh, the track that's out on my band camp is called COVID-16, um, produced by an Italian producer, shout out to Neo from Zero Plastica in Genoa, Italy, longtime collaborator, friend of mine, homie from Nomadic Wax. Uh, a Murdica is probably gonna drop later in, in 2021. And then I'm also working on a collaborative project. Uh, Willie Green and I started a project a few years ago called the 24-Hour Nightmare Cycle. Um, we're finalizing that. I mean, it's pretty much done, but we got some special bells and whistles. I can't really talk. To, I probably said too much already, but super excited about it because um, it's it's definitely coming to fruition. Um, Willie Green, if you don't know him, definitely check him out. He's extra dope. Shout out to Willie Green, man. Extra, extra yeah. dope, 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 dope. Um, and uh, I'm working on another project that's probably going to come after Murdica called Spectrums. Uh, basically, it's an album that's partially produced by my wife, Dale Novella, who's an amazing singer, songwriter, and producer. Neil's also on that, um, a couple other friends and homies. Uh, and all of that's coming later, 2021, 2022. You can check it all, Fresh Roots, Fresh Like Your Groceries, Roots Like Reggae, freshroots.bandcamp.com. But the Emerticas advanced single uh, COVID-16 is out already and the Passport, you can definitely check along with a whole bunch of other joints that I've I've been doing um, for a while. Like in two May, I've been doing this a very long time. Awesome. Um, still fun, still dope. Wonderful. And Jacques, want to close out with what's next for you? Um, I'm, yeah, I don't really MC, but I'm, I'm supposed <laughs> to be helping Long Division MC on a couple of tracks, so you could catch me on that. Yeah, they were in a group called the Horsemen. They're 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 on some low low over here. They they were they were yeah. a group for for a minute. So yeah, I have okay, I have go, like two lines in my catalog. Go, go look go 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 look up <laughs> DJ Dialect. It. Go look up DJ Dialect and the Horsemen. You'll, no, you'll you'll find it. You'll find it. 
Posse no, cut. I'm, 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 I'm proud of a lot of that stuff. No, uh, yeah. Long division is nice. So That's why I'm saying it. It's dope. He's it he hiding over here. Just say it. <laughs> I, I have like one or two lines. Um, you know, they're, they're passable. For, uh, you know, for MC in that they're, I'm, I'm rapping and I'm writing words, but nothing more beyond that. Right. <laughs> that that's for oh, the like, Outside of that, I am going to try to, um, I might try to self-produce some stuff. I don't know yet. Um, I'm not really holding myself accountable on that, but um, the, the, the goal I have is maybe make three three tracks, um, three rhymes, uh, three verses um, uh, that go with it. That's the most I'll probably do outside of like helping Long Division. Um, Anyone else who just wants like help with like designing their work albums, I, I definitely, I definitely do that. Just hit me up. Um, I'd love to help you guys out, as you all know. Um, and I mean, the, the the big thing, you know, if we do work on something later, um, us, we, maybe one or two of us, um, you know, we'll we'll put it out. Um, but I think like you know this 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 project. I just want to plug the project real quick. Moses Herman Jacobs. Right, like check it out. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on Amazon, it's on uh, all these streaming services, it's on Bandcamp, dupo.bandcamp.com. Uh, um, but yeah, like all the money again, like it does go to it's this nonprofit, um, Equality for Flatbush. So none of it's going to us. It's all going to like a really good a good cause. Mm. Um, and you know, right now I'll, I'll let that project ride because I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of just like being able to like work with these guys. Even though it took a long time to actually release it, um, I'm, I'm still happy mm-hmm. with the with the product and like what um, I guess the impact it's doing. And dude, like Crow, thank you so much for even inviting us and taking the time to actually listen to it because like you just speaking like about each track and like just talking about the little things that you've noticed. Uh, it's you know, it, it, it means a lot to even to hear like one person, like, oh, wow, they actually heard all this and they, they caught these little things that, you know, like Dan was saying, I didn't even, some of it I didn't catch and you did. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting how he, he heard that. But like, oh, I, I see, I can see how it all fits together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really dope that you even took the time to listen to it before, you know, um, before inviting us. So I, I do very, appreciate very, you even. Very thorough with, with your thing. I listened to the Arm and Hammer interview too. It, you know, if you really do, do it. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great work, man. Thanks, I, I, bro. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for everything. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um my last question to y'all is the does the Bandcamp version come with the with the lyrics? <laughs> Ooh, we gotta work on that. Y'all gotta you work, gotta, on, gotta that. work <laughs> on that. We have the lyrics somewhere. We have the lyrics Probably somewhere. Right? That. What is that what is that we platform do. you made us all use? Bandcamp. No, sorry. Bandcamp. Um Basecamp. 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 Yeah, oh, I mean, we have the lyrics. I think we need the lyrics. I mean, I I would like to get the lyrics. <laughs> that, that's truly um, old school. That's that that I I feel that because because did you send? Did we send to you, Jacques? I thought you have saved somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, maybe, let's maybe work on that. Bad. We can add that I to the back end of the bank. Yeah, I think page. that would make sense. <laughs> let's work yeah. that in there. We were revising too, I think. All right, so. fellas, I want to thank y'all again. Um, I appreciate y'all staying the extra time. Um, I just want to say to all of our listeners and followers of Out the Box, make sure that y'all go to our website, which is outtheboxmedia.com, and, um, you know, uh, get acquainted with all the other stuff we got going on. I want to thank my guests, Mtume, Jacques, Long Division, Brian, and Mikhail for um, joining 
the show today. And until next time, I want to say peace, love, and light. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, stay focused, and we will see you next Friday for the next Out the Box Talk show. Thank y'all, and we out of here. Peace.